Welcome to the uh, Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Eggett, the editor of the magazine, and today I'm joined by Nick Smith of Ludiquist. Hi, Nick. Hiya, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, yes. How are you? I am uh, good. I'm yeah. sat in a garden. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so uh, Ludiquist is a um, probably one of the uh, nicest game stores, uh, cafes, uh, community hubs in uh, that I've been to, actually. So uh, and that's that's what Nick runs. So uh, would you like to introduce yourself and, and the, the cafe generally? Thank you. Yeah. Um, so my wife and I run the Ludicrist. Um, we've been running it for about oh, it must be coming up to three years actually. Mm. Um, and um, it is the the ambition with it was um, I had too many games in my dining room <laughs> I am not the only person with this problem and my wife said there's too many games in this dining room this is not the only to play this yes okay there's a pattern here um, and um, I said well I tell you what I was thinking we might I might open a board game cafe and slightly to my surprise she said yes let's do that together but only if it's cool uh, <laughs> and we had been to a couple of board game cafes before, um, and some of them, uh, let's say Thirsty Meeples in Oxford, mm. were very nice. Mm. My my wife is not a gamer. Um, and some of them were very, very nerdy indeed. And essentially, we had walked in the door, and, and my wife had turned and walked out, because that was not where she wanted to be surrounded by minis and six foot tall space marines and stuff <laughs> um and um we wanted to create um i think my vision was we wanted to create a sort of parisian cafe mm-hmm. um where people could sit all day long watch world go by relax and interact with people mm-hmm. but by definition a parisian cafe should have good food and good drink and and be comfortable um, and my wife's vision was a cool bar, mm. um, for the evening trade. And I think we've, we've managed to combine that with having, I want to say, let, let's go with amongst the best publicly available board game collections, um, in the country. Um, we aim always to be the best. At everything, mm. accepting that we're not going to be the best at everything, um, but that's that's always the target. So we wanted to be the best food, the best drink, the best games, um, and the best feel. Yeah. Um, I think we we we're in the top few in each of those. Yeah, um, and it is you, you have got a great collection. Obviously, you do the uh, you, you, for the last couple of years, you've done the um, the, the gaming library at Tabletop Gaming Live. Yeah. Um, that's how many, I don't know how many games you've got actually. It's a lot, isn't it? I think bought- I don't I don't I don't either. I used to know. <laughs> uh, we've uh, I mean we'll probably talk about this a bit later, but, but you know we we've reduced the amount in the library because mm. of COVID. Yeah. Um, I think we're approaching two thousand. Yeah. But whether that's seventeen hundred or nineteen hundred, it it's one of these things that 
when you've got 50 <laughs> games, the difference between 50 and 75 is quite substantial, but when you've got <laughs> 1,700 odds, it doesn't matter so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, and you're based out of uh, Croydon, obviously. You've got a yes. uh, you've got a lovely corner spot as well, which I quite like. Yes. Um, lots of light. Um, that's why I enjoyed it so much, uh, apart from the, the nice beer as well. Um, so uh, we just we've just decamped to the uh, the living room and the uh, and to the aquarium. Um, so what is the the Croydon gaming scene like? Um, it's huge, and I want to say bigger than it was. Uh, I think it's fair to say that that we've attracted people into gaming who weren't in there, and I, and I think because we are literally on the high street, we are Croydon High Street is our address. We're right next to the council offices. We get in a lot of people to play games who are not, would not consider themselves part of any sort of gaming community or gamers or, and, and with respect, probably wouldn't buy gaming magazines more for them. Um, and we get, we get in a lot of those. We also get in, you know, yes, the people who play the collectible card games and the role players and, and the hardcore Euro players. Um, but they are, a minority i'm going to say 30 percent say yeah um so so our you know our, our friday saturday nights in particular is much more people playing monopoly or cards against humanity um or very often one person at the table knows how to play resistance or one night werewolf mm-hmm. um or, or social games, party games, uh, things like Big Potato Games, um, Chameleon, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, I, and I think we're reasonably unique in that, 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 that we, we, we attract a, a very wide spectrum of people. So the, the hardcore gaming community is, is massive in Croydon. I mean, Croydon is, um, I think it's the biggest urban area that is not a city in the UK. It, it, it has 300,000 people in the borough, and within 20 minutes are another million-odd people <laughs> in the surrounding boroughs. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm going to invent a number here and say that's roughly the, size, the population of Birmingham, let's say. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll check that later. <laughs> I wish I would fact check me. But it's a lot of people. So, you know, it is a million and a half people and, and 300,000 of them are within you know, 15 minutes or so. Public transport links are very good. And we also have very, very good links um, into central London mm-hmm. um, and into various other bits of London. So... It, it's not uncommon on a Sunday, or pre-COVID, it was not uncommon on a Sunday for people to come from all over London to us, uh, and all over the home counties, and, and further abroad, in fact. But, um, hmm. uh, yeah, so we have a very wide catchment area. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of role players. Um, we have... I think that, sorry, can I, just, European... can I just cut in there? I, yeah. I've never... I don't think I've ever seen anyone um, doing a role-playing game at a cafe. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever actually seen it. Do people do people actually do proper role playing games? Uh, yes, in yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, pretty much every night of the week, we again pre COVID, um, we would have had at least one D and D group mm. going on, not necessarily on a Saturday or Sunday during the day. 
the regular sense. groups would come on with some Monday, Tuesday, you know, people yeah, would have their D and D campaign would happen on a Wednesday evening, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm just imagining because because my role playing nights end up um, we're just cackling through most of it. So yeah, yeah um, so I'm just trying to imagine like not getting something thrown at us at some point. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I think one of the beauties of the Ludicrous is that we are in a proper sense, inclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are inclusive, you know, it should go without saying, but doesn't, um, on basis of gender, race, um, sexuality. Um, and, and, you know, we, we are, to, to, to a point, you know, someone asked one of our colleagues the other day, where is there a gay bar in Croydon? We kind of went, well, you're here, more or less. And, and that's not a particular thing, but, but, you know, we are a place where, where people are very comfortable. Um, and there is no judgment of the fact that people are playing Terra Mystica next to people playing Monopoly. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of cackling over uh, Scrawl or Dungeons and Dragons yeah. is completely acceptable and normal and, and no one really cares because, you know, we're, we're, we're all doing... You know, if, if if you want to be a po faced adult, we're all doing silly games of one sort or another when you're so. We are. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what have, what have you found um, popular? I'm going to say popular recently. Um, so maybe maybe you want to do a pre-COVID, post-COVID. Um, <laughs> um, what was popular? So uh, again, we're we're a high street. So while we have got very high end um, deluxe games. The, the, the games that get played most are the games that get played most. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the market reality is, is Hasbro outsells pretty much everybody else on the planet combined. Mm-hmm. Um, and what gets played with us most is Monopoly, Cluedo, Hungry Hippos, mm-hmm. um, and so forth. Um, the and, and the next level, I suppose, that gets played is is what we think of as as well. I think are described often as gateway games. We describe them to the general public as Waterston games. So you, you have <laughs> W.H. Smith games, yeah. which is Monopoly, <laughs> Cluedo, blah, blah, which are on our shelves at the front of a cafe. And then you have Waterston games, which are halfway in. And then for non-gamers, we describe it as weird stuff games. Mm. At the back, the further yeah. in you go, the more sophisticated the games get. Otherwise known as the good stuff. <laughs> otherwise known as hobbyist titles possibly <laughs> hobbyist stuff let's go with that um and honestly uh, that's something i had to teach myself is, mm. is is that we look at um we in the hobby can be very elitist yeah. about it uh and i think it's really important that we aren't because for people who come in and play Monopoly and are sat next to people playing Terra Mystica mm. are potentially Terra Mystica players. Mm. Um, but they won't be if we tell them the game they're playing is wrong. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and, and so for us, I think our, our job is not to say you should not be playing this game. Our job is to say you should be having fun. Mm. And, and look, there are lots of games and lots of people having funs in lots of different ways. And some of them are the games you played when you were a kid. And some of them are different and have got more pieces and more rules. 
and it doesn't matter which you enjoy as long as you're having fun. That's right. As long as you're relaxing, as long as you're interacting with actual people, not not on a video screen. You know, that's that's what we're aiming at. Yeah, I mean, I think my um my entry into the hobby was through cafes, was was through places like um, thirsty meeples and, and things like that, um, where you you would you'd go in and um, get recommended something, um, and you know that there's such thing as like a German style game, maybe. That's you know yeah. you're, you're aware there's this there's like something called Catan or something you've played that a couple of times you thought that was okay, um, and uh, and yeah so the, I think it's they are like a re, they're kind of you know the gateway drug into the hobby in lots of yeah. ways just seeing the stuff out there because often you know if you just went into a, a store um, and maybe a store that you know where where the customer service isn't um, uh, isn't like as welcoming. Or they're just very busy, and you're not able to get grab someone, and or maybe you're shy, you can't grab someone and say, "What yeah. is all this stuff?" Um, if you wanted to get into the hobby that way, just seeing the boxes is going to be quite frightening, I think, in terms of the the, your, the workload that you're potentially getting involved in. But I think just sitting there and seeing other people enjoy games across the room, you know, see, you know, something like there's someone over there and they're playing with giant miniatures, but it doesn't look like a war game, uh, and it's probably Rising Sun or something, right? But um, uh, and you're like, maybe I want that. Maybe that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that looks fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I think one of, I mean, this is increasingly the case, is there's a pricing barrier as well. Um, mm. When I was getting back into modern games, um, Catan was, oh, I'm going to say 20 quid, mm. something like that. I'm, I, might, I might be having fond old memories, but <laughs> 20, 25 quid, it, it was something that, that didn't feel like a lot of money. It mm. was priced a couple of books, something like that. Mm. Um, and now we're talking 40-odd quid for that, and, and Rising Sun is, uh, with expansions... Well, let's say 70, 80 quid to get you going, something yeah, like least, that. At least, yeah. yeah. Um, Eclipse, second edition RRP is 130 quid. I know. <laughs> um, that's, that's not, you know, and if you see those prices at, mm. at the front of a shop and, and you are expecting to pay £15 um, for, for a, a, a classic Monopoly or, or mm. something like that, those lines then some of the prices are are ludicrous um and i think that there is an issue there that that a game shop um is used to providing both um your classic monopolies and 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 the big expensive stuff in a way that doesn't happen Mm. in most retail environments because what we do is very specialist so so if you're thinking about furniture you can go to ikea or argos and get your flat pack um table for 20 30 quid or you can go to john lewis and get it for 190 plus or you can go somewhere more specialist and get it for a thousand and and those different ranges are happening in different shops and we're putting it all in one shop i mean a lot of our job in, in the cafes as games gurus we don't do very much teaching of games rules nowadays particularly really? post COVID, we're not meant to have much interaction with people mm. um our job is to guide people towards not towards the right games but away from the wrong games yeah so the question we would always ask people when they want a game recommendation is, what have you already played? Yeah, yeah. And if they're coming from a, I've played Ludo, I've played 
um, drafts, then actually moving them on to Cluedo is quite a big step up for them. And, and you would be surprised how often we teach Cluedo. Um, mm. well, actually, I can't remember if I know how to play it. I probably, I, I definitely we have played. I'm just trying to think. Can, can I remember? Can I, can I explain the rules of Cluedo very quickly? I don't think I could. I think I'd, I'd have to have a look at some, something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, honestly, oh, yeah, that's fairly normal. R- rules explanation. So, you know, if you're trying to explain a thousand odd games, um, I know the general outline of most of them, but I, you know, <laughs> have to look up how many cards you better start, how many coins yeah. do you have, all that sort of stuff. Um, so, so yeah, it, 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 it's more about they see a Star Wars thing mm. on the shelf and they want to play that, mm. and we have to explain that's a four-hour game. Yeah, it's brilliant, <laughs> but you're probably two hours to read the rules, and we can't possibly teach it to you. Yeah. Mm. And and that's that's a challenge for people, mm. um, and and then so what we would do with that is we would go and you know with that we go well right we got a Star Wars trivia game over here, mm. um, or if they're looking at Game of Thrones second edition, um, we say well we've got Hand of the King. It's a mm. lovely fifteen minute game for four people. It, mm. it works very nicely. So so it's about helping people find something that is the next step up of that out of their comfort zone yeah yeah i think that's like one of the most important kind of like services to the community um that that shops like yours uh do um so you've you've recently kind of reopened in a way um can you tell us about what it's like at ludquist right now so we we are operating almost as normal given the context of the country's new normal yeah um so our capacity is half what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, we've removed a lot of tables. We've removed a lot of chairs. We've merged tables together. Um, so where previously we used to be able to take 100 people, we can now theoretically take 50. Mm-hmm. In practice, we're taking a lot less than that because that 50 assumes that all of our six-person tables have got six people on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in, in reality half of them on any given night of the moment will have two people on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so our, our our full rate currently is about 30, 30 to 40 people. Yeah. Um, we, you know, standard standard COVID rules as though we were a pub-ish, mm-hmm. pub slash restaurant. Um, so it's it's two households. It's, uh, you have to give us your, your name when you come in the door. Um, we uh, we staff wear masks. Mm-hmm. We encourage customers to wear masks. They don't very much. Yeah. Um, and um, but the and we were really worried. I have to say because because mm. um, the way we worked it was very casual. It was meant to be a very friendly, welcoming environment where yeah. you could pretty much wander in, sit down at a table, pick up a game. Half an hour later, go. Oh, I go up to the bar and get a drink, and, and not mm. get hassled by us. If you knew what you were doing, if you were looking nervous, we'd come and mm. help you choose games and stuff. Uh, and we were really worried we might lose some of that friendliness. But but the feedback we're getting is is that we haven't lost it. Uh, um, we've had a couple of lovely reviews back saying you, you can still see the smiles under the masks. Yeah. Uh, 
which which is really nice. Um, so it is it is still I think a very relaxed atmosphere. Um, we are and, and we're getting very similar demographic to what we were getting. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's mainly people playing family games. It's, it's mainly family groups and dates. Mm-hmm. It's the core of what we're getting at the moment. We obviously aren't arranging any meetups, so we used to have regular Euro game nights or regular Destiny nights. Mm-hmm. Um, we just started running a very small Keyforge tournaments outside. Oh, good. So we can have six people. Yeah. Okay, six people from, from any households can meet together. So we have six people in a tournament. Um, and we've got... So the council have, within the limits that are imposed on them, been very helpful to us. Um, and and we've now got a couple of tents uh, mm-hmm. we put out every day in the streets out, in the street outside. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's, it, 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 it's lovely. It really is... Yeah, I don't want to say it's like being in an Italian piazza, but it's <laughs> it's a nice place to sit and have a coffee and watch people go by. Yeah, uh, and it's quite quiet because they've changed the the street layout and bus stops for COVID reasons. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, that's um that's really interesting. So you you're running a key, you're running Keyforge tournaments, um, mini ones, obviously, but uh, yeah. but in those tents. In the tent, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, and, that's really cool. Um, and this coming Saturday, we're having we're running free role playing day, and we're running yeah. it in the tents because again, we can have six people, yeah, um, together, um, and 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 yeah, and, and it enables some degree of interaction. You, know, you there's not a lot of games that you can play outside sensibly. No, no. you you can play chess, but you can't play Monopoly, for example. No. Um, but role-playing games absolutely fall into that category yeah. um, because what do you need? You need to hold on to your piece of paper in the wind and you need you need some <laughs> dice. But that's really all you need. Um, so, so yeah, that's, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's working really well. And, and honestly, we have a lot of people who are just using this as a standard cafe, bar, pizzeria. Yeah. Um, uh, particularly Friday night, there's, there's a construction crew who... Um, work nearby and we, we are now their nearest pub and they come down and neck down pine so that's pretty much keeping us afloat honestly um, so uh how does it feel does it like does it feel okay yes um i think um it feels great actually it feels great it, it is lovely to be back and i think it 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 has been commented to us several times it feels safe to people mm-hmm. yeah. um, because we are making an effort to go you know honestly probably beyond government guidelines i think i think everybody's mental health has been impacted by um the last few months yeah. Every, uh, that's that's not unique to gaming community it eats everybody and, and I think different people have had different impacts so I I worked through almost all of lockdown I did we started off doing home delivery of games when the streets were very very empty mm-hmm. and it was really quite odd and scary out there mm-hmm. um, and then we opened up to do takeaway coffee and it was still very quiet. And then we opened up as a shop when it was still quite quiet. And now we're open again. So it's, so it's kind of like I've had four 
jobs and for reinventions. Um, and and my colleagues have been working with it, and and not all of us have found it easy. You know, it, it is 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 reality, and and we're using new systems within the cafe because um, one of the suggestions is that you should have an app for people to order food and drink from table, which which we have which means we're doing table service now and we're not used to doing table service. So so it, it, it's all different and, and difficult. And we're coming back, most of us, from three months of not working. Mm-hmm. So I think there have been a lot of strains and stresses. Again, for everybody, I'm not saying we're unique to, it, to this at all. Um, but certainly, you know, hospitality staff, I think generally there's... It, it's, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. Um, and honestly, and particularly wearing masks. Where's my mask? Hey, hey, take a screenshot of this one. Um, so we wear these masks all day, every day. So just just for the listeners at home, this is a uh, ludicrous branded mask. It is a ludicrous branded mask, uh, available on Redbubble. Uh, <laughs> you, you may purchase this and and and, and impersonate the star. Face plot at home for the genuine ludicrous worker. I'm gonna take that back off again. It doesn't help with speaking. Um, but um, yeah, when it's thirty degrees, uh, mm. wearing wearing those masks and and then doing a, an at least somewhat physical job for an eight to ten hour shift is is not fun. Yeah, uh, it really isn't. I think that men- that mental health aspect you you spoke about that. I think like uh, um, there is like a sense of relief when you do right now when when we go back to doing anything normal especially playing games yes um i've had a a, a couple of sort of um some meetups with uh, uh some friends in a sort of safe way um but just being able to play games with other people yes at all um you know that, that you don't live with um is uh is particularly um it just it just feels so good to be back in, in any yes. way whatsoever. Yeah. Um, you know, even yeah. even that role playing stuff that you you're going to do outside, that's going to feel so much better than um, than you know trying to do it over Zoom and stuff like that, and yeah. having someone some frozen mid description of you know mid dramatic description of what they <laughs> what they want to do. You know, that's yeah. that's not fun. Um, yeah, and just being in the same place without any lag. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I mean, we are running some online ones that weekend as well because, Mm. um, I mean, because because that's how the GMs want to do it, and that's absolutely fine. But but I'm actually very pleased that we can do it like that as well because you know not everybody is comfortable slash safe to come out yet. Mm. Um, So yeah, I'm 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 very excited about that weekend actually. Um, I think that's that's going to be really great. Um, that sounds great. Um, so, shall we do a top five? Let's let's do this. Top five games to play with your non-gamer friends slash relatives. Oh, let's do that. Okay, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, let's get them in. Um, Ticket to Ride for small editions. Oh, okay. So, that's oh, mm-hmm. you mean like um. The recent yeah, Amsterdam. Amsterdam, London, particularly. Obviously, we recommend London lots. We sell lots, but yep, yep, exactly that. Um, because they because ma- many gamers will non gamers don't don't necessarily want to spend forty five minutes to an hour on a new game. Mm-hmm. Um, so brevity is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a fifteen to twenty minute game yeah. that works really really well i am um, um, so I've, I've recently got to take to ride amsterdam here and just to, just to say like this is maybe one of my favorite versions yeah of it because it is so short you get the same feeling 
I think. I don't think I missed anything by by playing this version. Um, I I agree. I mean, honestly, an America or Europe version, which is 45 minutes, kind of feels 20 minutes too long for me. Yeah, at this Uh, point. For for me, um, and I I actually prefer the shorter ones, I'm quite intrigued. I haven't yet played the short Pandemic, the slightly smaller Pandemic, uh, Hot um, hot zone North hot America. Stuff. <laughs> hot zone North America. Hot, hot zone North America. That sounds much more likely than hot stuff. Um, Z Man games and their hot stuff. Um, yeah, uh, that's allegedly very good. I've not actually played it. Owen um, reviewed it in the last issue, and he, he said it was you know pandemic but small and quick. Yeah, which is, and, I mean, and, that sounds great. And again, I think pandemic can can go just a little bit too long for yeah. my personal taste. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, we do recommend Pandemic a lot. Actually, I need to say that Pandemic. Yeah. So it may well be that Hot Zone is is, is going to get in mm. in in there. Um, for couples, uh, Santorini. Oh, okay. um, if you can get it, yeah. it's very easy to teach. Really easy to teach. Mm. Um, up there with um, ah. Um, <laughs> samurai, samurai, fighty chess-like game. Onitama. Uh, Onitama is another great, great couples game. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, can you just quickly? Can you quickly describe them? Okay, so Sant- Santorini is a. Uh, I mean, at its core, it's an abstract game. But what it looks like is you are building um, tower blocks in the beautiful Greek island of Santorini. It is very pleasantly tactile. It um, so you are physically building things up, and you are trying to manoeuvre um, one of your people uh, to stand on top of the third tower. So you're moving your pieces around and building at the same time. Um, and the rules to it are very straightforward. They can be taught in a minute, yeah, pretty much, maybe ninety seconds. Uh, which is ideal for a games cafe, but it was also ideal for for, for, for playing with non gamers. Um, and um, it's constructiony, so even if you're not winning, um, you feel like you're doing something useful every turn. Yeah. Um, on a timer, chess night game. Um, the difference being that you have a very limited set of moves that you can do, which are described on cards that are in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of your turn, you take a move. Um, that is on one of the two cards in front of you, and then you pass that card to your opponent. Mm-hmm. They are then able to use it, um, which means that you can plan your moves based around what you know your opponent is going to be able to do, and you can deny the moves mm-hmm. based on what you fear they can do. Um, so it's a much simpler game than um, chess, where you have all these vast options, but they're only in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who would find chess intimidating um, can play and enjoy on its armor. Great, great game for two. It's mm, great. Um, slightly large groups, King of Tokyo. Um, rolling dice in a way that many people will have played some liar poker type mm. things at school. They may not know it's called that. Um, and rolling dice is fun. Big yep. roaring monsters are fun. Uh, you could kind of get away without using the cards if if you're playing with very young people or, yeah. or, or you're very worried about the rules with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, quick and easy to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a house rule, which is that whenever anyone leaves or uh, enters Tokyo, they have to make the noise of their monster. Um, 
which, particularly on a slightly drunken Saturday night, leads to many roaring and is one reason why the cackles of D&D groups are absolutely fine. <laughs> um, do, you, um, do you, sorry, just a uh, personal thing. We, we, when we play, we, um, I, can't, I actually can't remember what it's called, but I think it's like the poison card. There's like a poison. Yeah. We, we take that out um, because it's just too nasty. When someone gets it, it's basically game over. They, they, they've won as far as we, as we can tell. Because you, you start, the, your opponent, the person who gets hit, removes the dice from their pool, don't they? You have to spend I, we, I haven't taken that out. I might have a look at that. Yeah. I'd or just a recommendation. Because that's what... We, we, we do doctor some games. Mm. There are games where we take out, um, particularly for beginners, where we take out specific cards or mm. sets of cards that are more about them being more complicated than yeah. about about balance oh. actually yeah well, it's just mean is what it is <laughs> yeah well, yeah king tokyo is a mean game it is a mean game yeah, uh, that's, yeah that's that's the game we recommend to people when they want meanness yeah. uh, when they don't want meanness camel up oh yeah uh again it's a race game people understand racing uh it's a betting game people understand betting mm-hmm. Uh, Wits and Wages is another very, very good game mm. for that, actually, which which uh, it's sort of a quiz game, um, but but it's a quiz game that isn't intimidating to people who know less because what you're actually doing is, is placing bets on what your friends know mm. rather than on what you know, and that's, that's, that's really good. Um, uh, five Second Rule gets played a lot. Mm. Um, Five second rule, and it's not a hobbyist game, so I will describe it quickly. Um, <laughs> you draw a card, it has a category, and you have to name three things in that category. Uh, and it's more difficult things, so it's mm. something like green vegetables. Mm. Uh, and you just have to name five, three, three green vegetables, but you've got five seconds to name them in. Mm. Uh, and if you can't do it, then the next person gets an opportunity to name three green vegetables in five seconds, but they can't use any of the ones you've named. Mm. So you've already said broccoli and spinach, then you can't use any, any eggs. And it, and it just, it, it, it's a delightful way of uh, challenging people's brain think mm. without making them feel stupid because they don't know who is top of a premier league chart in 1972 <laughs> i um this is exactly the kind of game that um like uh causes me to have a um my brain to just stop working uh under pressure i would not remember what broccoli is uh, <laughs> or what color it is or oh, indeed um, what color it is what, i mean but, but that's fine because what will happen is that you will descend in hysterical laughter at how foolish it is that this yeah. is not what your brain will yeah. do it refuses so, right, right. uh how many i mentioned on santorini ticket I mean, we're, uh, we're, well over. Uh, we're over five aren't yeah. we yeah, I, yeah. I, I yeah. Um, unless you've got unless you've got one more what's your favorite game Okay, so my favourite game is I can give you my top five games. Go on then. Quickly. Okay. Yeah. Um In a Blind slash Yogi. Oh yeah, cool. Um Arkham Horror L C G. Gaia Project slash Terra Mystica. Mm-hmm. Uh The Gods War slash Cthulhu Wars. Oh cool. That's okay. That's great. <laughs> Uh, and Great Wrestling Trail slash Maracaibo. Yeah. Which is the slight reskin. It's more more different than that. Uh, That's a cracking list, isn't it? 
Yes, yeah, I, <laughs> I would think that. But, <laughs> yes, yeah. I like the, uh, the the Sandy Peterson uh, inclusion there. Oh well, I I do. Think, I, I mean, his games have got stupidly big, expensive mm. minis in them, but they are very sound mechanical games. They're good actual games, not just large chunks of good plastic. Yeah. Um, unlike <clears throat> some of the games on the shelf behind you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them, I think, one, I think I've got, uh, yeah, I've got Planet Apocalypse there. That's his new, uh, his newest. Uh, oh, right, now, uh, so Planet Apocalypse I haven't played, but I did see um, um, when I was, I was, I was at Gamma just before COVID mm-hmm. lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, by the way, we won the best game shop in the world award in two categories. <laughs> um, just, just, just happens to be in passing. Um, and I watched the new um, Space 4X game being played, and that just looks amazing. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now, so that doesn't help. But um, uh, something like Nova? I don't know. Anyway, it's very good. Yeah. Um, cool. We'll have to look that up. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, you can fact check it. Check, yeah. check. That's the thing. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for um, thank you for joining me. Um, Absolutely. Would you like to um, plug anything? For example, tell people where your shop is. Uh, <laughs> We're in Croydon. We're on the high street. I <laughs> uh, plug Croydon. Croydon's great. Croydon is marvelous. Croydon is full of little crafty uh, coffee shops and beer places mm. and wonderful street art. Uh, and yes, brutalist architecture, yes. Um, uh, which it gets a bad vibe on, but it's mm. it's uh, really cool. Lots of young, trusting people who can't quite afford to live in central London, um, and and it's it's a really great place to work and mm. be. Um, and and yes, that's what I want to plug. I want to plug Croydon. Oh, that's great. Cool, cool. Because yeah. I don't force minutes of plugging me, so. It was cool. <laughs> Yes, I suppose. Um, lovely. Right, well, thank, thank you very much, Nick. Okay, cheers. cheers. Thank you.